from the book of Deuteronomy, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning, that is not sown nor beareth nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Admah and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. Even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? That men shall say, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they knew not, and whom he had not given unto them. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land to bring it upon it all the curses that are written in this book. And the Lord rooted them out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation and cast them into another land as it is this day. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, um, devotionals. That's where you go to get on the email list. And that is where you go to support this work, which cannot happen without you, without your support and without your prayers. So please go to the website, scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, today we are doing part two of the Days of Lot 2020. We're going to look at the account in the book of Yashur of what took place in Sodom. And um, first thing I want to say is, you know, I don't approach the book of Jasher or Yashur as ordained spirit-breathed scripture so much as I approach it as historical narrative. And you can have a historical book and it can be accurate and true and not necessarily be scripture. And so that's what we're, uh, that's the approach I take to the book of Jasher. And uh, what should be, it should be noted that the book of Jasher is also mentioned as recommended reading twice uh, in the Torah. So, or in the Old Testament. Uh, so, anyway, you can do your own research on that. The point of us reading this historical narrative is to get an idea of what was going on in Sodom that was so grievous that God would annihilate the entire city with fire and brimstone. And uh, what you're going to discover is that yes, sexual immorality was part of it, but it was a very small part in comparison to the other crimes, which were more involving the way they treated the poor and the way they treated strangers and the way that they would, the judges would rule in the favor of the wicked. Um... Not only that, they also had what, we would, what I would call a snitch culture, all right? Uh, all these things I just mentioned, most 
nations around the world are now guilty of. Okay, let me just give you some examples recently out of the United States. We talk about uh, what we'll read in the book of Jasher is that they wouldn't take care of the poor. And, and in fact, it was illegal to do so. And you say, well, that's ridiculous. That would never be the case in the United States. Well, it is the case in the United States. In fact, may, most major cities have laws like this. And uh, let me just read you this little article here, just a, just a little blip from it. In more than 70 cities, it is illegal to feed the homeless. Let me read that again. In more than 70 cities, it is illegal to feed the homeless. There is a growing move in the U.S. that has taken many by surprise. The government is cracking down on one of the oldest forms of charity since the first century, feeding the poor. It is hard to believe, but the government is actually fining and jailing people who feed the homeless. In fact, distributing free food to homeless people is considered illegal in more than 70 U.S. cities, including Philadelphia, Fort Lauderdale, Houston, and more. In Fort Lauderdale, a 90-year-old World War II veteran was once arrested for feeding the homeless. And of course, they have all their excuses. You know, they're concerned about food safety, they say. Might make the homeless sick. Give me a break. Um, you know, all the cities have these crazy permits and red tape that you have to go to through to distribute food. Um, they blame it on their strict food preparation guidelines or, you know, things like that. That is the United States of America. We think about injustice. Just recently, I'm just using examples from the last week. There was an Ohio mother arrested and tased at a middle school football game because she didn't have her Mask of the Beast on. This is now the United States of America. Christians were arrested in Idaho for singing hymns. That's correct. At least five Christians were arrested during a hymn sing in the parking lot of City Hall in Moscow, Idaho. Because they weren't obeying these mass social distancing order, which, by the way, is an order, not a law. In order to have laws in the United States, there's a, there's a process that you have to go through. You can't just, the governor just can't declare law. But we have people being tased, beaten, tackled, physically harmed by police for not wearing a mask. Who would have thought in the United States of America you would see police rounding up Christians singing hymns to God? But this is the world we're living in. One more, and then I'll get to the story here at the book of Jasher, because I mentioned that Sodom had a snitch culture, where if you're not obeying the government, we're going to tattle on you. By the way, that is exactly how it is in the U.S. now, and many of you around the world are experiencing the same things. In fact, I'm seeing much worse stories coming out of places like Australia than I am here in the United States. And even Israel, their lockdowns are much more ridiculous and severe than we have here in the United States. But this is from the newspaper in my home state, the Indy Star. There's an app now 
This app wants you to report where people are not wearing a mask. Snitch culture. If you see if you see somebody not wearing a mask, go on your little app and report it. Of course, they say it's just for trying just for studies, just for trying to get an understanding where people are not wearing masks, and yeah, it's always doctored up as, as some good thing. I bring all this up to remind you that the scriptures say that those who would live in the way that Sodom and Gomorrah lived would suffer the same judgment. And we are in a point in history when the entire world has become Sodom and Gomorrah. Which is why I believe we have to be drawing near to the end. Let's look at the account, according to Jasher, of what the world was like in Sodom and Gomorrah at that time that brought God's judgment of fire and brimstone raining down and destroying them all. Let's begin. And for those of you who are curious, it starts in chapter 18 of the book of Jasher, verse 11. Let's have a look here. In those days, all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and of the whole five cities were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord, and they provoked the Lord with their abominations. And they strengthened an aging abominability and scornfully before the Lord, and their wickedness and crimes were in those days great before the Lord. And they had in their land a very extensive valley, about a half day's walk. And in it there were fountains of water and a great deal of herbage surrounding the water. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah went there four times in the year with their wives and their children and all the belongings to them. And they rejoiced there with timbrels and dances. And in the time of rejoicing they would all rise and lay hold of their neighbors' wives and some of the virgin daughters of their neighbors, and they enjoyed them. And each man saw his wife and his daughter in the hands of his neighbor and did not say a word. And they did so from morning to night, and they afterward returned home, each man to his house and each woman to her tent. So they always did four times a year. So the first crime that's mentioned here is dealing with sexual immorality. Um, basically, they would have four times a year, they would have a big celebration. And as you got from the context here... There would be massive sexual immorality, sharing of each other's wives and each other's daughters, and they thought it was good in their eyes. Four times a year they would do this. You see, when people think of Sodom, they only think of homosexuality. But that's really, I mean, as that was part of it, but that's such a small part of all the sin that they were doing. It's all cumulative, Right. There was so many things that they were doing before the Lord that was grotesque, but what really set God off was the way they treated others, as we're going to see in the rest of uh, this narrative. Verse 16. Also, when a stranger came into their cities and brought goods which he had purchased with a view to dispose of there, the people of these cities would assemble men, women, and children, young and old, 
and go to the man and take his good by force, giving a little to each man until there was an end of all the goods of the owner which he had brought into the land. You see, they would redistribute anybody's wealth who was new to the land. We do that in the United States in a very grotesque level. It doesn't seem as obvious as what it is here because they would have a stranger and then everybody would kind of come out. It was a smaller community. But all of us have our money forcibly taken from us by the government. Continuing on. Verse 17. And if the owner of the goods quarreled with them, saying, What is this work which you have done to me? Then they would approach to him one by one, and each would show him the little which he took and taunt him, saying, I took only that little which thou didst give me. And when he heard this from them all, he would arise and go from them in sorrow and bitterness of soul, when they would all rise and go after him and drive him out of the city with great noise and tumult. And there was a man from the country of Elam, who was leisurely going on the road, seated upon his ass, which he carried a fine mantle of diverse collars, and the mantle was bound with a cord upon the ass. And the man was on his journey passing through the streets of Sodom when the sun set in the evening. And he remained there in order to abide during the night, but, not, but no one would let him into a house. And at that time there was in Sodom a wicked and mischievous man, one skillful to do evil, and his name was Hadad. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the street of the city, and he came to him and said, Whence comest thou, and whither dost thou go? And the man said to him, I am traveling from Hebron to Elam, where I belong. And as I passed the sunset, and no one would suffer me to enter his house, though I had bread and water and also straw and provender for my ass, and I am short of nothing. And Adad answered and said unto him, All that thou shalt want shall be supplied by me, but in the street thou shalt not abide all night. And Adad brought him into the house, and he took off the mantle from his ass with the cord, and he brought them into his house. And he gave the ass straw and provender whilst the traveler ate and drank in Hadad's house, and he abode there that night. And in the morning the traveler rose up early to continue his journey, when Hadad said to him, Wait, comfort thy heart with a morsel of bread, and then go. And the man did so, and he remained with him. And they both ate and drank together during the day when the man rose up to go. And Hadad said to him, Behold, now the day is declining, thou hast better remain all night, that thy heart may be comforted. And he pressed him so that he tarried there all night. And on the second day he rose up early to go away, and Hadad pressed him, saying, Comfort thy heart with a morsel of bread, and then go. And he remained and ate with him the second day, and then the man rose up to continue his journey. And Hadad said to him, Behold, now the day is declining, remain with me to comfort thy heart, and in the morning rise up early and go thy way. And the man would not remain, but rose and saddled his ass. And whilst he was saddling his ass, the wife of Hadad said to her husband, Behold, this man has remained with us for two days, eating and drinking, and he has given us nothing. And now shall we go away? Shall he go away from us without giving anything? And Hadad said to her, Be silent. And the man saddled his ass to go, and he asked Hadad to give him the cord and the mantle to tie upon his ass. And Hadad said to him, What sayest thou? And he said to him, That thou, my, my lord, shall give me the cord and the mantle made with diverse colors, which thou didst conceal with thee in thy house to take care of it. 
And the dad answered him, saying, This is the interpretation of thy dream. The cord which thou didst see means that thy life will be lengthened out like a cord, and having seen the mantle colored with all sorts of colors, means that thou shalt have a vineyard in which thou wilt plant trees of all fruit. And the traveler answered, saying, Not so, my lord, for I was awake when I gave thee the cord, also the mantle woven with different colors, which thou didst take off the ass to put them by for me. And the dad answered and said, Surely I have told thee the interpretation of thy dream, and it is a good dream, and this is the interpretation thereof. Now, the sons of men give me four pieces of silver, which is my charge for interpreting dreams, and of thee only I require three pieces of silver. The man was provoked at the words of Hadad, and he cried bitterly, and he brought Hadad to Serech, judge of Sodom. All right, real quick. What we have going on here is you have this traveler. He had this really nice mantle that he was for his donkey. He, was, had, he had a cord and was made of all kinds of diverse collars. Hadad decides he wants to keep it, so when the man's leaving and he asks for it, Hadad just acts like he doesn't know what he's talking about, like he had a vision or a dream, and so he tells him what his dream means, and then tells him he needs to pay him three pieces of silver. So, of course, the guy is losing it, so he takes him to this judge. Much like it is around in any situation around the world today, this judge is corrupt and is not actually seeking justice for those who seek justice, as we will see. Verse 34, And the man laid his cause before Sarek, the judge, when Hadad replied, saying, It is not so. But thus... The matter stands, and the judge said to the traveler, This man had it telleth the truth, for he is famed in the cities for accurate interpretation of dreams. And the man cried at the word of the judge, and he said, Not so, my lord, for it was the day that I gave him the cord and mantle which was upon the ass in order to put them by in his house, and they both disputed before the judge, the one saying, Thus the matter was, and the other declaring otherwise. And Hadad said to the man, Give me four pieces of silver that I charge for my interpretations of dreams. I will not make any allowances, and give me the expense of the four meals that thou didst eat in my house. And the man had said to Dad, Truly I will pay thee for what I ate in thy house, only give me the cord and mantle which thou didst conceal in thy house. And Hadad replied before the judge and said to the man, Did I not tell thee the interpretation of thy dream? The cord means that thy days shall be prolonged like a cord, and the mantle that thou wilt have a vineyard in which thou wilt plant all kinds of fruit, fruit trees. This is the proper interpretation of thy dream. Now give me the four pieces of silver that I require as compensation, for I will make thee no allowance. And the man cried at the words of Hadad, and they both quarreled before the judge. And the judge gave orders to his servant who drove them rashly from the house. And they went away cruelling from the judge, and when the people of Sodom heard them, they gathered about them, and they exclaimed against the stranger, and they drove him rashly from the city. And the man continued his journey upon his ass with bitterness of soul, lamenting and weeping. And while he was going along, he wept what had happened to him in the corrupt city of Sodom. And the city of Sodom had four judges to four cities, and these were their names. Sarak in the city of Sodom, Sharkad in Gomorrah, Zabnak in Adma, and Minnan in Zeboim. And Eleazar, Abraham's servant, 
applied to them different names and converted Sarak to Shakra, Shakad to Shakrara, Zabnak to Kezobim, and Manan to Mats Lodin. And by desire of the four judges of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had beds erected in the streets of the city. And if a man came to the place, they laid hold of him and brought him to one of their beds, and by force made him to lie in them. And as he lay down, three men would stand at his head and three at his feet, and measure him by the length of the bed. And if the man was less than the bed, these six men would stretch him at each end. And when he cried out to them, they would not answer him. And if he was longer than the bed, they would draw together the two sides of the bed at each end until the man had reached the gates of death. And if he continued to cry out to them, they would answer and say, Thus shall it be done to a man that cometh into our land. And when he heard all these things that the people of the cities of Sodom did, they refrained from coming there. And when a poor man came to their land, they would give him silver and gold and cause a proclamation and the whole city not to give him a morsel of bread to eat. And if the stranger should remain there some days and die from hunger, not having been able to obtain a morsel of bread, then at his death all the people of the city would come and take their silver and gold which they had given to him. Hmm, that's pretty evil. Verse 9, And those that would recognize the silver or gold which they had given him took it back, and at his death they also stripped him of his garments, and they would fight about them. And he that prevailed over his neighbor took them. They would after carry him and bury him under some of the shrubs and deserts, so that they did all the days to any one that came to them and died in their land. And in the course of the time, Sarah went, sent Eleazar, Eleazar to Sodom to see Lot and to inquire about his welfare. And Eleazar went to Sodom, and he met a man of Sodom fighting with a stranger, and the man of Sodom stripped the poor man of all of his clothes and went away. And this poor man cried to Eleazar and supplicated his favor on account of what the man of Sodom had done to him. And he said to him, Why dost thou act thus to the poor man who came to thy land? And the man of Sodom answered Eleazar, saying, Is this man thy brother? Or have the people of Sodom made thee a judge this day that thou speakest about this man? And Eleazar strove with the man of Sodom on account of the poor man. And when Eleazar approached to recover the poor man's clothes from the man of Sodom, he hastened with a stone and smote Eleazar in the forehead. And the blood flowed caposely from Eleazar's forehead. And when the man saw the blood, he caught hold of Eleazar, saying, Give me my hire for having rid thee of this bad blood that was in thy forehead, for such is the custom and the law in our land. And Eleazar said to him, Thou hast wounded me, and requirest me to pay thee thy hire? And Eleazar would not hearken to the words of the man of Sodom. And the man laid hold of Eleazar and brought him to Shakara, the judge of Sodom, for judgment. And the man spoke to the judge, saying, I beseech thee, my lord, thus this man done, for I smote him with a stone, that the blood flowed from his forehead, and he is unwilling to give me my hire. All right, so think about how ridiculous this is. The, the man smotes Eleazar in the head with a rock to the point that he's bleeding from his forehead and then demands that Eleazar pay him for doing that. Brings him before the judge and says, I hit this guy in the head with a rock and he's bleeding from his head and he won't give me my money for doing so. 
Verse 21, And the judge said to Eleazar, This man speaketh truth to thee. Give him his hire, for this is custom in our land. And Eleazar heard the words of the judge, and he lifted up a stone, and he smote the judge, and the stone struck on the forehead, and the blood flowed copiously from the forehead of the judge. And Eleazar said, If this then is the custom in your land, give thou unto this man what I should have given him. For this has been thy decision, thou didst declare it. And Eleazar left the man of Sodom with the judge, and went away. And when the kings of Elam had made wars with the kings of Sodom, and the king of Elam captured all the property of Sodom, and they took Lot captive with his property. And when it was told to Abraham, he went and he made war with the kings of Elam, and he recovered from their hands all the property of Lot as well as the property of Sodom. And at that time the wife of Lot bare him a daughter, and he called her name Paltith, saying, Because God had delivered him and his whole household from the kings of Elam, and Paltith, daughter of Lot, grew up, and one of the men of Sodom took her for a wife. And a poor man came into the city to seek a maintenance, and he remained in the city some days. And all the people of Sodom caused a proclamation of their custom not to give this man a morsel of bread to eat until he dropped dead upon the earth. And they did so. All right, so let's catch up on what's going on. Lot has a daughter named Paltith. Now, we don't know how many daughters Lot had, but he apparently had several because we have the two that leave with him before the destruction of Sodom. We know some were left behind because their husbands thought what Lot was saying was a joke, right? And we have the story of Paltith here. Now, as we read earlier, one of the customs in Sodom was if a stranger was in the land, they would give him money. But then they, but then there was a rule that no one was allowed to actually sell him food. So he would have all this money in his hands, but he would still die of starvation. This is how cruel these people were. Well, we have another instance here. This, this story is telling us of a man who's hungry, but there was a decree about the city not to give him anything to eat. And then pick up at verse 26. And Paltith, the daughter of Lot, saw this man lying in the streets starved with hunger, and no one would give him anything to keep him alive. And he was just upon the point of death. And her soul was filled with pity on account of this man, and she fed him secretly with bread for many days. And the soul of this man was revived. For when she went forth to fetch water, she would put the bread in the water pitchers, and when she came to the place where the poor man was, she took the bread from the pitcher and gave it to him to eat. So she did many days. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wondered how this man could bear starvation for so many days. And they said to each other, This can only be that he eats and drinks, for no man can bear starvation for so many days, or live as this man has, without even his countenance changing. And three men concealed themselves in a place where the poor man was stationed to know who it was that brought him bread to eat. And Paltith, daughter of Lot, went forth that day to fetch water, and she put bread into the pitcher of water, and she went to draw water by the poor man's place. And she took out the bread from the pitcher and gave it to the poor man, and he ate it. And the three men saw what Paltith did to the poor man, and they said to her, It is thou then who hast supported him. And therefore he has not starved, nor changed his appearance, nor died like the rest. And the three men went out of the place in which they were concealed, and they seized Paltith, and the bread which was in the poor man's hands, and they took Paltith and brought her before their judges. 
And they said to them, Thus did she do, and it is she who supplied the poor man with bread. Therefore did he not die all this time. Now therefore declare unto us the punishment due to this woman for having transgressed our law. And the people of Sodom and Gomorrah assembled and kindled a fire in the street of the city. And they took the woman and cast her into the fire, and she was burned to ashes. And in the city of Adma there was a woman to whom they did the like. For a traveler came into the city of Adma to abide there all night, with intention of going home in the morning. And he sat opposite of the door of a house of a young woman's father to remain there, as the sun had set before he had reached the place. And the young woman saw him sitting by the door of the house, and she asked, he asked her for a drink of water. And she said to him, Who art thou? And he said to her, I was this day going on the road and reached here when the sun set, so I will abide here all night, and in the morning I will arise early and continue my journey. And the young woman went into the house and fetched the man bread and water to eat and drink. And this affair became known to the people of Adma, and they assembled and brought the young woman before the judges, that they should judge her for this act. And the judge said, The judgment of death must pass upon this woman because she transgressed our law. And this, therefore, is the decision concerning her. And the people of those cities assembled and brought out the young woman and anointed her with honey from head to foot, as the judges had decreed. And they placed her before a swarm of bees, which were then in their hives. And the bees flew upon her and stung her, that her whole body was swollen. And the young woman cried out on account of the bees, but no one took notice of her or pitied her. And her cries ascended to heaven. And the Lord was provoked at this, and at all the works of the city of Sodom. For they had an abundance of food, and tranquility amongst them, and still would not sustain the poor and the needy. And in those days their evil doings and sins became great before the Lord. Alright, that last verse that I read there is, is important, okay? Because we need to understand, we, obviously we are hearing the stories, but what really provoked God was the fact that this place had an abundance, right? They had peace among themselves for the most part. They had an abundance of food um, and the things that they need. They, they were well taken care of. And instead of being kind and generous, they were wicked and evil. And at every opportunity, they would do evil to one another. Let me read that again. And the Lord was provoked at this and all the works of the city of Sodom, for they had an abundance of food and had tranquility among them. And they still would not sustain the poor and the needy. And in those days their evil doings and sin became great before the Lord. And the Lord sent for two angels that had come to Abraham's house to destroy Sodom and its cities. And the angels rose up from the door of Abraham's tent, and they had eaten and drunk. And they reached Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting there at the gate of Sodom. And when he saw them, he rose to meet him, and he bowed down to the ground. And he pressed him greatly and brought them into his house, and he gave them victuals which they ate, and they abode all night in his house. And the angel said to Lot, Arise, go forth from this place, thou and all belonging to thee, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. For the Lord will destroy this place. And the angels laid hold upon the land of Lot, upon the hand of Lot, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his children, and all belonging to him. And they brought him forth to set him without the cities. And they said to Lot, Escape for thy life. And he fled all belonging to him. 
Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah and upon all the cities brimstone and fire from the lo- from out of the Lord of heaven. And he overthrew these cities, all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. And Addo, the wife of Lot, looked back to see the destruction of the cities, for her compassion was moved on account of her daughters who remained in Sodom, for they did not go with her. And when she looked back, she became a pillar of salt, and it is yet in that place unto this day. And the oxen which stood in that place daily licked upon the salt of the extremities of her feet, and in the morning it would spring forth afresh, and they again licked it upon to this day. And Lot and his two daughters that remained with him fled and escaped to the cave of Abdullam, and they remained there for some time. And Abraham rose up early in the morning to see what had been done to the cities of Sodom, and he looked, and behold, the smoke of the cities going up like the smoke of a furnace. And Lot and his two daughters remained in the cave, and they made their father drink wine, and they lay with him. For they said, There is no man upon earth that could rise up seed from them. For they thought that the whole earth was destroyed. And they both lay with their father, and they conceived and bare sons. And the firstborn was called, firstborn called the name of her son Moab, saying, For my father I did conceive him, and he is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger also called her son Ben-Ami. He is the father of the children of Ammon until this day. And after this, Lot and his two daughters went away from there and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And his two daughters and their sons and the sons of Lot grew up. And they went and they took themselves wives of the land of Canaan. And they begot children and they were fruitful and they multiplied. So there is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah according to the book of Jasher. And uh, like I said in the beginning, the details that are provided in this historical narrative are more about how they treated the stranger, how they treated the poor, how the judges ruled in the favor of the wicked, and just how they had some really gross and messed up laws. Now, obviously, we're not doing many of those evil things in the U.S. or anywhere uh, else in the modern world. I mean, in some places there might be, but as a whole. But we do have cities that have become more and more evil. You know, the uh, account here in Jasher talked about how people heard about the evil things going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, and so they stayed away from those cities. I don't know about you, but there's several cities in the United States where there's just no way I would ever go there. Especially with some of the things that's happened recently in some of these major cities. I will never willfully go to these places why because they're exceedingly wicked and evil happens there all the time and justice never goes forth and so while the fire and brimstone may not rain down on the entire united states although it could in the final judgment uh, i'd be leery of some of these cities which have gone off the rails and become so exceedingly wicked because the cries of the people who have to live there have got to be rising up to the Lord and it's this way in many cities around the world the whole point of this study was to remind us of what it was like and why God did what he did and because the scriptures go out of its way multiple places and it also says it in Dead Sea Scrolls like we covered in part one of this series that those cities who would live that way would face the same judgment 
and we are living in a time when we're seeing basically all of these things, all of these crimes lived out. And the mind, same mindsets lived out, the same hive mindsets, the snitch culture, the way the poor is treated, the way the judges rule, the sexual immorality, all of these things. We can check off all these boxes in one way or another. If you do not know the Lord, your time is running out. And here's the beautiful thing. No matter what you've done or where you've been, you can be forgiven and you can be saved and you can enter into this kingdom that is quickly coming upon us. First John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice today, if you hear the leading today, do not overlook it. Now is the time. And to everyone else, now is the time to really walk in righteousness and holiness to really draw near to God and to, to just really take seriously your faith and your walk. I hope that you've been blessed by this study over the last two weeks. And uh, I hope that it's given you a deeper understanding of Sodom and Gomorrah and the overthrow of those cities and why you see so much talk about it throughout the whole Bible and in the New Testament and why Jesus says, you know, in the end it'll be like the times of Lot. People were building and, and doing normal business, but then the day that Lot exited those cities, fire and brimstone rained down. It's because something similar is going to happen. We need to understand that. All right, friends. This podcast has ran on way longer than I anticipated. I pray you've been blessed. Peace and grace be with all of you. Lord willing, I'll be back with you soon. God bless.